by the American Thoracic Society. We help the world breathe. Welcome to the American Thoracic Society's Respiratory Structure and Function Committee's Ask the Scientist podcast series. My name is Lakshani Wickramasinghe, and I will be interviewing experts from around the world in the field of respiratory medicine to get a snapshot into the lives of our scientists, discussing not only their latest research, but also understanding what inspired them to become scientists dedicating their lives to advance human health. Today's special guest is Dr. Christopher Harris, who will be joining me from London. Chris is a neonatal consultant at King's College Hospital in London and is completing a PhD in neonatal ventilation. As well as working in the United Kingdom, Chris also works abroad, predominantly in Uganda, to help improve the neonatal management and epilepsy care in rural regions. Chris is also a trustee of two charities that work across Africa. Today's interview is broken up into two podcasts. In the first podcast, we will cover Chris's research in neonatal medicine, his career pathway, and the key elements during his career that have helped him to succeed. In the second podcast, we will get an insight into the outstanding work Chris does in Uganda. And to conclude, I will be asking Chris 10 fun and random rapid-fire questions to get to know a bit more about him. So stay tuned until the end. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you very much. Okay, let's start the show by getting to know a bit more about why you chose to specialise in neonatal medicine with a particular focus on the lungs. It's a really good question. Um, I actually started off life um, as a surgeon, would you believe, Um, or at least with a a strong surgical interest. Um, But I worked as a medical student in Uganda for um, six months. And it was during that period um, that I really fell in love with paediatrics, first of all. Um, because we were seeing so many children who were very unwell and requiring um, good, uh, quick treatment to improve their overall condition. And it was really wonderful while I was there to see these children come in 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 very difficult circumstances, but then leave um, in the majority of cases. And when I came back to the UK, I changed my focus and uh, went into paediatrics. And it was then that I started understanding a little bit more about paediatrics and in particular um, paediatrics, not just in the UK, but across the world. And the neonatal period, that first 28 days of life is the most dangerous period in in anyone's life. And you're more likely to to die in that period than you are any other. And so this was, for me, a a real important area uh, to study. Um, And I was given opportunities Uh, in the UK in my paediatric training to work in neonatal units Um, and I I absolutely loved it even the first time I was on the unit um, I I thought this was where I felt most at home Um, and then I've been able to take uh, my interest in neonatal medicine uh, into Uganda and and other countries as well um, which has really helped to focus my career and then it's during my neonatal training that I realized we we ventilate a lot of babies and oxygenation and carbon dioxide clearance is absolutely vital uh, for all infants who are born and without oxygenation and, and indeed carbon dioxide clearance 
it doesn't matter what happens with the other organs in the body, uh, they just won't survive. And so lungs seem to be a, a really important focus within neonatology as well. And do you see a difference in the medical care that is necessary for a preterm infant versus a full-term infant? Yes, yes, I do. Um, I think the, the reasons why we need to provide respiratory support in, in term babies are very different from um, the reasons why we need to provide support in, in the preterm infant. Um, and also the consequence of, of respiratory support is, is also uh, different. I think it, term babies are, are a lot more forgiving um, for what we mm, do yeah. um, to their lungs. But preterm babies, if, if we get it wrong, um, the consequence to them in not just the immediate term, but we're understanding more and more about the long-term effects of of providing respiratory support to these infants is um, something that stays with those infants through until adulthood and, and beyond. So you have completed quite a few case control and cohort studies assessing different lung parameters, but you have also completed a lab-based project. As a clinician and a researcher, how important would you say it was for your professional development to experience different kinds of research environments? And was it difficult moving into a wet lab based project? Um, yes, I think the, in answer to, your, to the last part of your question, was it difficult? Yes, it, 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 I found it very difficult. <laughs> in fact, it's been one of the most challenging parts of my career. Um, I, I went into research fairly late on in my medical career um, and I was a, a senior registrar um, on the neonatal unit, which meant that I, I was almost as as experienced as you're going to get in terms of procedures and managing complex conditions and it was a point in my career where I didn't have to ask for help very often because I knew uh, where I was going um, and then all of a sudden to take up a completely new um, thing which was lab-based research and working out how to establish cell lines and measure um, yeah. <laughs> interleukins from ELISA tests. Um, it was completely starting at square one again for me. Um, and so it was very humbling, um, but also um, through that work, I, I met some absolutely outstanding individuals um, who really inspired me to, to work harder and to understand more um, about what was happening. And I think that is the key to to research in general um, you can research cause and effect which is very important um, but also um, understanding why things happen um, which I think you get a much better understanding when it comes to lab-based research the intracellular and extracellular mechanisms for um, what we see clinically um, help to really understand what's happening which then helps you to formulate new ideas as to how to overcome these common clinical problems that cause us so much difficulty in the clinical setting um, but uh, beyond that I think understanding science-based research helps to bridge the gap between clinicians and scientists and and I think it helps us it helps to un or helps the uh, the clinicians certainly to understand how joined up science really is. Um, I think if you don't do science-based research or, or at least you don't engage with it, um, it's very difficult sometimes to see how the science connects with the clinical side. 
but I think working in a lab with people doing science-based research in, in clinical settings really opened my eyes to how deep the science has gone into explaining um, the clinical phenomenon that we see, not, not just in, in neonatology, but in other specialties as well. And how important would you say mentors were in supporting your career progression? I think I've, I've met, I've been very fortunate to meet some exceptional in, individuals um, through my career um, and to pick out just a few. Um, I, I met a, a doctor called Dr. Asa in, in Uganda, who was only a couple of years older than me when I was a medical student. And he was just mm-hmm. one of these exceptional individuals who um, was never tired, uh, never got frustrated at the endless questions, never got tired at going down to the hospital at three o'clock in the morning and seeing um, sick children and adults and and, and mothers and I I think he was one of the first people I met in my career who who really inspired me to work harder and also um, by example taught me the the responsibility of of being a clinician and then through uh, my later career again so many people have mentored me and pushed me towards uh, where I am today, but certainly Professor Greenoff um, was the first person who I met who, who told me that, that I could do research and, and that I could look for, for um, answers outside of, um, outside of the box and inspired me to, uh, to take up a PhD in the first place. And working with Professor Greenoff and Professor Guptu at Guy's and Professor Knight at, at Queen Mary's University, um, these people are, are uh, professors and, and humans wh- whose brains work on a different level, I think, to, <laughs> to many other people. And when you see how, how they draw lines um, between research projects and um, come up with ideas and explain the physiology based on, on little snippets of information that you can get from research projects, um, yeah, these people are certainly... Um, inspiring individuals um, to work with and they have guided me through my latter part of my career um, to ensure that you know I'm not just doing research that I'm doing research which is important for the, the field uh, and I, I really value that. Often PhD and master's students are told that it is important to have mentors throughout your career but it can be quite challenging to know exactly who to approach or even how Can you tell us a bit about how you approached your mentors? Because (laughs) approaching someone from out of the blue can be quite daunting. I I completely agree. And I I think it's it's not often in my career that I have have looked for a mentor um, specifically. But I found mentors um, in uh, in places that I that I didn't really expect in in many ways, and um, I, I'm lucky that um, I have felt very mentored by um, supervisors like Professor Greenoff, um, Professor Guptu. Um, but I've also um, I don't think mentorship is is necessarily um, restricted to your supervisors. And in my clinical career, um, I have looked up to and been mentored by doctors that I've met. Um, I, I think it's important in a mentor to have someone uh, that that inspires you, uh, and I, I 
I don't think that that's something that's easy to come by um, just in a, in a, a, a cold one-off encounter. Um, often these things come from understanding, for me at least, come from understanding how someone uh, how someone works, understanding their mentality, understanding uh, what drives them, and then trying to understand how how I can be like that. Um, and that comes from um, talking to people, understanding what work they've done, um, and getting involved in projects with them. And I, I think that this is, uh, I think mentorship is something that you can't do without in in your career. And I, I think that spans most careers. Um, I, I think it's very difficult to pick a mentor. What I've found is that I've often found mentors um, along the way. Your mentors sound wonderful and hearing you speak of them very highly indicates just how much they mean to you. And that's quite nice to hear because you do want a mentor that you can have a discussion with at the same level. And at the same time, it's nice to know your mentor also values you and your perspectives and can ask your opinion on different things if necessary. I really do feel like it should be a two-way relationship. Yes, absolutely. And I think different mentors mentor you in different areas as well. So um, Professor Greenoff mentors my scientific career. Um, Doctor, I work with Theo Dasios. He mentors me not just in my career, but also in in you know how to how to act how to get along with people and, and how to create relationships and other mentors mentor different areas even people who I look up to outside of medicine and who I enjoy spending time with they even people who work at the same level as as me I, I feel like I've learned something from from so many people throughout my life and career I wouldn't want to um, narrow it down and I feel slight a slight disservice by not mentioning everyone <laughs> I've ever met who's yeah. <laughs> who's changed my life hugely um, and there have been many many people indeed well thank you for sharing that and that concludes the first part of the interview with Dr Christopher Harris make sure you tune into the second podcast to hear all about his outreach work in Uganda and to hear his responses to the 10 rapid fire questions mm-hmm.